Welcome to This Week in the 90s, brought to you by Alive and Kicking, the original 1990s football podcast. And on this week, I'm pleasing both the boys as we talk Cantona and Janinho, and a little bit of Dalen Atkinson in between, so I get to have my vote as well. All that and loads more to come on This Week in the 90s. Hello, this is Luis Amor Rodriguez, and you are listening to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast, okay? Now... Where is Linda? Thank you very much for joining us once again. I'm here with my favourite people. My favourite people talking 90s football on this Thursday evening as we record. Firstly, um, he's um, he was dancing around his living room earlier, but he's from Eleven Sports and he's going to be absolutely loving tonight because after 90-odd episodes, we get to really fully talk about the one man he adores more than anyone else, Janino. Are you looking forward to that, Joe Young? Oh, well, it, 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 it's just going to be very easy tonight, I think, because... <laughs> I remember everything without even having to write any notes. Whereas, you know, if you hand over to Matthew here, I mean, he's already been tweeting out his notes all night. Yeah, he spelled Janino wrong in his tweet, didn't he? Yeah, what a knob. I know. <laughs> yeah. What, he put an R in Janino? Come on, Matthew. Fucking hell. That man he's talking about is Matthew Christ. Defend yourself on Janino, Matthew. Janino. Oh, yawning. All right, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We can't all be friends with Roy Evans, you know, and not Roy Evans from Liverpool Football Club. Roy Evans from uh, who was married to Pat in these Roy. in the nineties. Can you give me a Can you give me a nudge when Joe stops talking about Janine? Why uh, you shut up? Don't be live? mean to me. We'll, Are we live? We'll, 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 we live? Leave, we'll leave that to a last, Janine. Um, I've got to, I, I just wanted to say, Joe, what were you dancing around your kitchen to? Was it uh, Pete Wiley by any chance? Tonight? No, that was on Top of the Pops tonight. Yes, well, you watched Top of the Pops tonight. I know. Because yeah. it was well, a live edition. And one of my showbiz friends, Mr. Wiley, yeah. 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 Is talk, he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone who he this, lad. Yeah, well, it was on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And they showed uh, what else was on tonight on Top of the Pops? Um, uh, Sledgehammer was on. Sledgehammer. I, d- right. I don't know what was number one. Was it uh, Spirit and Sky? No, it was. They, for some reason, they were showing. Oh, they were showing Live Aid or. Uh, oh no, it was it, it, no that. Was everybody everybody wants, wants to run, run the world. Run the world yes. by Tisa but that wasn't number one. I, I had it. It was on. I have to. Um, I was. Doing some preparation work. Get my, on in the background. I'm going to get my top forty charts book out now. Get your top forty, and I'll talk yeah. to Matthew about his his nineties friends. Because not only are you friends with whoever Joel just said, Roy Evans, what did he say? Because you went to his book quick launch last week. You saw well, Ray, it, well Ray, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't Roy Evans' book. It was oh, the uh, the uh, Pete, Peter Hooten's book, who's nineties fan the farm. So yeah. he counts as a nineties friend. Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, you went to see Ray Wyatt from Dream Team the other night as well. Uh, last night, yeah, yeah. I went to uh, Spitting Image was number one. Oh, that was it. The chicken yeah. thing. Good shout. Chicken fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Ray Wyatt, then. Ray Wyatt, yeah. Ray Wyatt, yeah. Not Bray Wyatt, but Ray Wyatt. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I think. Has he finished yet? Um, yeah, went to a, a press launch of a new show here in Liverpool at the Empire. Uh, cool. Free bar. You, you it was a free bar. It, it was a free bar. Thanks for blowing me up there and. Uh, you know, showing telling everybody why I really went along, but um, <laughs> but no, it was it was a good evening, and I didn't have the courage to go up to uh, what's his real name? To Mark, 
Mark uh, Moran. Mark Moran, yeah. And and because I read the program notes before the uh, show, and it mentioned all his appearances on EastEnders and Casualty and Holby City, and other fantastic CV of appearances. Not one mention for Dream Team. Couldn't believe it. Absolutely disgraceful. So I, I thought maybe he was a bit embarrassed about it. I hope I hope that's not the case. I hope it's just slipped under the radar somewhere. But um, but uh, yeah, he was there having a free drink with myself. But um, I thought no, I'll. Uh, I'll save the selfie for this occasion. He, um, so did he, he's a central so what did he, what, what sort of dream team memories did he have then? Did he, did he like but, Fletch in the real but, life? Well, if you've been listening to me, I just said I didn't have a chance to talk to him about it. So, uh, you're too busy with your nose in that top of the pops uh, this, this week. I'm sorry, in the I 80s yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If anyone hasn't told, Joel's had a couple of drinks tonight, so this will be this. Uh, no, that's uh, Big Lebowski. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Bang, me that's nineties. That's nineties. Yeah, that is nineties. Yeah, definitely nineties. Um, yeah, Ray White was a good character in Dream Team. Go back. I and... thought Ray. I thought he was in the, the sort of prime of Dream Team for me. Yeah, like, no, he was. He was, he was well. It was Luis Rodriguez's um, best friend? He, um, yeah. he was manager of the team, player manager of the team. And yeah, he was. Um, no, he was a good character. One of my favorite, actually. One of the yeah, good I... managers. He was one of the good I... guys. I might be doing him an injustice. I just I went straight to his page in the program, and uh, I thought surely it's going to mention Dream Team, and it didn't. And maybe, maybe it was some somebody that wrote it that didn't have a clue, and he didn't have any input in it. But I thought surely somebody's going to mention Dream Team, and they didn't. And uh, if I ever see him walking around or having a beer or whatever, I think he lives down south now. But if he, if he's ever back up here in Liverpool, and I see him, I'll say surely you you remember Dream Team, don't you, Mark? The and, uh, hope- halcyon days, halcyon yeah. days of Dream Team. He was, yeah. Um, it's funny how all those characters stay in those sort of things as well. EastEnders, Casualty, Holby, because it's like it's just like a plethora of Dream Team people. Because that guy who's currently in Strictly, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but he was um, Alexander in Dream Team. He's he was in Casualty, and now he's on Strictly. And yeah, it's, they all stick to this little like circle, a, like a, a circuit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a, a proper Apart circuit. From, um, Alison King, obviously, who's Lindar, and she's now in cor- doing very well in Coronations. Oh, Linda, Linda Block. Mm. Well, we did a great episode of Dream Team. Get it's in the archives. Listen to it if you're a fan of Dream Team. We even spoke to Michael Cruz, no, Martin, sorry, Martin Cruz, who plays Lewis and what Rodriguez is in the archives. I um, need to talk to my friend that works on Coronations. Nation Street, so we can get uh, Mrs. Block on. That would be amazing. We talked to Mrs. Block. Do you think she's out of our league? Well, in, 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 in every I'm sense. Gonna tweet, I'm going to tweet her now. And anybody who actually is listening, they'll probably go off and have a look at this. But yeah, live tweeting. Yeah, live tweeting. Yeah. Joe was about to tweet Alison King. Yeah, she should come on it. She was. That's where she made her name um, before she was. What she now? Carla Connor on Coronation Street. Um, but this this is about this week in the 90s. And as I said in the intro, um, we're pleased in both ends of the spectrum um, tonight. Not the QPR in. There's nothing interesting from us for this week. But there is um, Man United, of course. And there's no better place to start than one of the icons of 1990s football. And a very, very iconic day for him as well. It's the 1st of October 1995. It's the return of King Cantona, Mr. Mr. Eric Cantona himself. This was the return game after his eight-month ban from football, of course, in the incident at Selhurst Park where he kung fu kicked uh, the fan Matthew Simmons and was subsequently banned from football. His return came on October 95 against Liverpool. Um, Very apt game, Matthew. Obviously, this is very much at the forefront of your mind as a supporter at the time. What do you remember about the return of King Eric? Yeah, well, it seemed a long time coming, didn't it? I mean, I suppose it was nine months so I suppose that is a long time but it just seemed uh it just seemed a, a long old countdown partly because so many people got involved with with it do you remember um 
was it Nike had the uh, the big billboards? Yeah, we, we tweeted it in the week. Yeah, yeah he's, paid, he's he's served his time and all that kind. Of, which I was thinking in the week whether that would happen so much now. I mean, I think now there'd be so much uproar about what he did. I mean, admittedly, what he did was was pretty shocking. I mean, I was there that night, and it was it was unbelievable. And he did, yeah, he paid the price and and, and what have you. But I I just seem to remember there was a an air of mischief about his comeback that obviously Nike seemed to thrive on at the time. And uh, I just think now I bet they would, I bet there'd be somebody in their PR department saying, we can't do that. We can't do that. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but um, yeah, it certainly seemed a, a long time coming. Obviously he'd received a, but United abandoned him immediately after the incident that night in February at, at Sellers Park. And um, then the football league or was it the FA uh, slapped a, an extra ban yeah. on top of him uh, debated I mean I know the club were really unhappy about it they basically thought by banning him to the end of the season was enough um, um, and then there was an extra few months thrown on top makes you wonder whether if they just said oh we're banning for two weeks whether the the FA would have maybe just said oh we'll isn't that we'll impressive Matthew that, that Manchester United instantly said right he's gone till the end of the season like, when have you ever seen a club do that since? I mean, I keep going back to Douglas Costa. Yeah, which, we'll, again, we'll talk on. about later on with um, Patrick Vieira and Neil Ruddock because it's kind of the same sort of situation. But Yeah, yeah. But, I, but like, but, Douglas Costa, the way spatting Francesco, uh, he, he's spatting his mouth. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think the difference is... Nothing, but, the, but the club didn't do anything. What, what basically happened is the club jumped to his defence straight away, whereas with Cantona that time Manchester United just went yeah he's dropped a bollock we're gonna you know we're gonna slap in our own well yeah I do but I mean I think you've got to take I'm not saying spitting in someone's mouth is acceptable by any means but you've got to realise how shocking what Cantona did was at the time I mean obviously obviously I was there and we've spoken about it and it, it was Incredible. I mean, now it would be even worse, probably, because it would have been live on television. That game wasn't, I don't believe. Mm. Um, so a lot yeah, of people... It wasn't. Maybe on the radio. Mm. Don't really... You know, Jonathan Pearce on the radio and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I watched it on Sports Night. So mm. I think I think United at the time just thought, what the hell are we going to do here? Um, I think they probably expected Cantona never to play again. I think they probably thought he would go. So they probably thought, right, OK, we'll just say a band to the end of the season. That will probably cover our back. He might not come back anyway. So it probably solve that problem ultimately he did come back thanks to Alex Ferguson chasing him down and uh, apparently you know convincing him to to uh, to come back and play for United but I mean he was facing criminal charges I mean he, mm. was, he was arrested he had to appear at Croyd Magistrates Court so I don't I mean I don't think you can compare it to spitting at somebody I mean we'll talk about spitting at somebody later on in the in the show but it, I, in, in terms of the mess that it created because you had a you had a footballing disciplinary situation. You had a criminal charge. You had all everything that goes with it. So I think the club probably thought, right, okay, we, we'll cut our losses here and we'll just say he's bound to the end of the season. Whether he comes back for the following season, is we'll worry about that at the time. I think what annoyed United was that then the FA, I think it was the FA, came in and basically said, oh, we're going to top up that ban and, and carry on until October the 1st, which did seem a little bit petty if you think about it. Because, I mean, what difference does... What was it? An extra seven games, six, yeah, seven games, six, something six like weeks, that. Yeah. So, here's a question because I'm just reading the damned United again at the moment. Oh right, yeah. Um, how spiteful do you think the FA could be back in the day? 
Well, if you if you look at the punishment that Bremner and Keegan were dished out, well, then, well, yeah, we were talking about that, and and that's what I, I'm just I'm just really interested. Whereas now they'd be thrown under so much pressure. I think now they'd be they'd have to do what would be considered to be the right thing. Whereas back in the day, I think seventies, eighties, nineties. I think they just did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Well, well, here's, there, was no, ca- there was no rule book, was there? I think they just decided it was case by case. And this one, they really did want to put... Here's a counter question. Here's a counter question for you both there. What do you think the punishment would be now if that mm. happened right yeah. now? What, Captain Arnold booting somebody? Well, any a footballer doing that now, what, what do you think would happen? I think you'd be looking at the same, 12 games, 11 games. I think it'd be, really? I, I think it'd be more severe, I think. <laughs> I think it would. I think, I think it's such as the... Um, public face of football clubs yeah. now I think they would be compelled to I think they'd be forced to sack him yeah I think they'd sack him I mean I'm trying to think of something similar what, you think, hold on sorry did you say I didn't quite hear that you said you thought they'd be sacked I think yeah there'd be an outcry for it I don't know if they'd do yeah. it it depends who it would no, be no they wouldn't as well. do it because if it's somebody like I don't know Paul Pogba that's the first like, name that came that to my head a, that is quite actually the thing if Pogba goes off on Saturday Sunday and boot somebody in the crowd. They're not going to fire him because that's they're, they're losing. A, well, all right, they wouldn't fire him. I think million. They, I, I suppose the nearest thing we can we can sort of compare it to, I suppose, is 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 Suarez, not necessarily one someone, incident. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when he the second, I mean, Liverpool stood by him on a couple of occasions. One notably, which I think they shouldn't have done. Um, but the the biting incident. It was almost the last straw. Obviously, they weren't going to sack him, but one way or another, I think they were going to ensure that he wasn't going to play for the club anymore. So I suppose... You had money coming in. Yeah, so I suppose, all right, then compromising. Maybe United wouldn't have sacked him. I think he would have been moved on. Whereas in 95, there was the the option that if he wanted to stay, the club must have said to him, "Okay, we're going to take your medicine. You're going to be uh, suspended to the end of the season but there's a place for you here which allegedly is what happened and mo- everyone would pr- hopefully agree that was for the right wasn't uh, that know. game was it a one-all as well it's one-all it? yeah, yeah, United yeah. Liverpool. Well, it was a boring game well it wasn't a boring game because you could because of what happened I mean it was a forgettable game because no one remembers that David May scored his first ever goal for United and Gareth Southgate, Southgate scored for uh Palace, but if you watch the game, if you ever no, no, I was talking about the comeback game. Sorry, the comeback oh, game. Oh, the comeback game's actually. No, that I mean, was a cracking. It was a great game. game. Yeah, no, it was a yeah. good game. I mean, it was. Well, I was going to go on to this in a second. I was actually going to say, just going on for that other argument, that I suppose football is more forgiving when you because I started to think about guys like you know Ched Evans, Lee um, Lee Hughes. They got back into football, obviously less profile, and what they did, whether they did it or not, allegedly or not, you know, remains is not the argument. Well, no, no, we we, we I mean. Chad Evans is a funny one, yeah. you know. So let's just leave that alone. But Lee Hughes actually did it. Yeah. Oh my god. And he got I mean, a job, didn't he? Is, he yeah, got back into football. Away. Yeah. It, it yeah. Means, I mean, that is absolutely disgraceful. Really, the guy shouldn't be anywhere near. No, of course not. Really. No, of course not. And and I think what's the goalkeeper for Plymouth as well? I can't remember his name. He was involved in. I know you know. Yeah, but yeah. You're, you're you're going down the route here of you know do you, you serve your time and then do you never yeah. give somebody a second it's chance true. which is I, I am playing devil's advocate but I mean Canton are slightly different because the club gave him a second chance I think say if you bring it into the modern day I think Canton would have been told he was leaving mm. behind the scenes they would have said right you're going I'm sure they would have easily found someone to sign him it would be interesting to know who would have been in for him at the time I'm sure they would have been I'm trying to think what clubs would have 
snapped him up, whether it had been in this country or, or abroad. But as I it turned out... in Italy would have got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he would have gone abroad. I think they would have been the cry to get him out of English football because that's like what they would... I remember at the time, he, he felt like the bad guy of English football, didn't he, outside of Manchester United. So I think he would have been... Although Harold Wilson probably would have taken him back in a heartbeat after getting letting him go. But yeah, um, the game itself, Joe, yeah, it was... No, it was um, a 2-2 draw. Um, obviously, I remember the hurrah around it and I watched, there's a brilliant clip um, on YouTube, I'll post it on the on Twitter page of the build-up to this game. And you've got all the kids in the Cantona masks, the, the tricolour flags, uh, the T-shirts, the fanfares that start. It was a bit cheesy. It was I mean, a bit I mean, cheesy. It was yeah, Sky fodder, it's best, isn't it? I mean, yeah. even in 1995, I mean, Sky milked this for all it was worth. And I saw someone tweet, and I haven't found this um, confirmed, confirmed anywhere, but apparently the Liverpool game was actually scheduled for a day earlier, and, the, and Sky moved it knowing that he'd be back this game for the ban it's obviously after this against the old enemy Liverpool um, but and then he, he you know he set the ball rolling didn't he he set up the first goal for Nicky Bart and then Robbie Fowler um, put 2-1 in the head either side of half time two brilliant goals the first two one. great goals for Fowler yeah, yeah. The, that the, was Fowler in his absolute oh, the, wasn't it really? I mean the first one's an absolute thunder bastard of a shot that gave Schmeichel no chance and then uh, the, the chip I mean I love a chip it's one of my favourite things in football you don't see it nobody enough. was better at being chipped than Schmeichel because yeah. when he was chipped he knew he was was chipped and he basically made he was like a it was like a dying swan routine wasn't it if someone chipped him he, he made it all about him yeah the way he would sort of do we have back. to mention newcastle united philip albert yeah or david suko at year 96 yeah that was the one i was thinking of that sort of the way he just fell back real pure theater wasn't it but yeah. then if you chip schmeichel then you deserve i think that was him basically saying if you chip me then um you know you 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 deserve what you get because you're not going to, no one's going to chip him easily. Obviously, mm-hmm. a six foot five, 40 inch chest goalkeeper. But it was written in the script, wasn't it? They got a penalty um, in the 70th minute after Jamie Redknapp fouled Ryan Giggs and Dennis Irwin, who's usually the penalty taker at the time, was, wasn't playing. So upstepped King Eric and slotted the, uh, the equaliser home. And they did that famous celebration where he sort of did a pole dance around the goal stanchion. Um, that everybody remembers but I mean he Matthew he basked in it didn't he I mean at Cantona we know what a character he was and he obviously went into films after that as well but you can just it was like having a player cam without having player cam everything was on him and he basked in that moment didn't he yeah yeah, he did and then uh, from the, that moment on he kicked on to become the player that we all remember him being I mean I'm not going to say we wonder whether he would be have done what he did had it not been for Sellers part but I mean it sort of did it was a bit of a line in the sand moment I suppose you could say for Cantona when he came back he really did come back and he really I wouldn't say he rubbed anyone's face in it because I think he knew he'd done wrong and he, he I mean he, he obviously since has said oh I don't, don't regret it the only thing I regret is not hitting the guy hard and all that but I think he knew he'd been given a chance and I think he respected the club and Ferguson for the way they stood by him so he was really going to um, really going to prove a point and from a United point of view and from a, a fan's point of view he, he, he didn't he didn't let anybody down and um yeah for pure for pure drama i mean that was uh that was i mean you know what thinking about it, it was probably a poor result for united that day because i mean early season liverpool were probably doing well they used to start pretty well in the 90s and they? they would always be up there and then drop off so yeah, i suppose it was a, a fair result but um, well, but, we're coming yeah, off the back of losing, as we mentioned last week, to Rolta Vodegrad in the UEFA Cup and being knocked out by York, which we didn't cover. Um, yeah, oh, I remember Cup that as well. well yeah. So, that was mean... the front page of the Sun when they got knocked out of the League Cup yeah. by York. 
It's mental. Joel, you've just used modern technology to send me a picture of Eric Cantona dressed in full kind of medieval garb. Is that his new yeah, film? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? I sent it, <laughs> I sent it to Matthew as well, yeah. Yeah, it's there. Uh, well, he, he put this on his Instagram a couple of days ago, uh, and it's him basically dressed as, I don't know, French yeah. English warrior. He's pulling his sword out of its sheath. Yeah, he is very much so. so. But yeah, Better than I, putting I, your I, sword I, into I, your sheath. Exactly. Everybody just, I think everybody who loves football in the 90s really is in love with Eric Cantona's Well, I, can I ask you this, Joe? I mean, I have, I'm sure I've asked you this before, and I know you've never been a, an anyone but United from as far as I've no, known. I like, you know, I, mean, I am actually a United fan on the sly. I think, like, I want them to do well until they play us. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I, I don't want fucking Chelsea or anybody else to do well. I've always got that impression, and we've spoken about it before. I've never... You know, some people would just be like, oh, I hated United and all that, which is fair enough. I mean, I've said many a time before, I've got no issue with that. It's flattery, and we've all done it, and and what have you. But um, I just... Again, maybe you, Ash, from from a televisual point of view, this game, I mean... What, what do you? What were your thoughts about it? Were you gripped by it? Did you think you should well, never have played the, again? I think at the time I didn't. When it happened, I think I was swept up in the controversy and thought he should never play again. But then when you see him come out, you know, collar up, the fanfares, you can't help but just admire them. I mean, I at times during the nineties despised Man United because they were winning things and it was the in thing to do. Or and you know, I didn't like Arsenal at times because a lot of my friends were Arsenal fans and they were winning things, but. When you watch that game and you get caught up in the hurrah that it is and, and the spectacle that Sky made it, especially at my age when I just, you know, sort of completely was the sheep that followed whatever Sky were doing. Martin Tyler's brilliant, brilliant commentary as well. And yeah, he, he just, as I said, he had an aura about him. You, you had to watch what he did. We all liked watching Newcastle that season and kind of all wanted them to win. But when they didn't, at the end of the season, you saw Cantona and you kind of thought, yeah, that's that's what that's the difference. A yeah. player Pan- like pantomime, pantomime villains. Yeah, completely. You know, I'm not I mean, condoning I'm... what he did, but I mean, he he was somebody who would just... We'll do a show on him at some point. I see. I've said this from the start. Though I start. I want to start doing shows that just on players, and we'll do a Cantona one and go really deep into it at some point. Because um, he he's on the very few list that made that decade what it was for me. Yeah. Oh, so I'd second that. And yeah. uh, you're probably best getting someone else to go on that show because I'll be I'll be talk, talking all night. I'd, I'd need a, a crate go on for five hours. Yeah. You know, I'd need, well, I'd need a, you need a Leeds <laughs> voice. I'd get a friend of the show, Vikram Sanger. He he remember his Leeds day as well. As well. Um, the only thing I was going to say, and Joe, you're like this. That clip I mentioned that's got all the build up. It also has a cameo from our favourite kit man, Norman Davis. Oh, is he in that? He's oh, in it. Do you know, talk, going back to Norman Davis, and this this is a good link at the, the late Norman Davis, when uh, it all kicked off with Cantona and Mr. Simmons in that, that infamous night at Sellers Park, you know, the first person to pull Cantona away and drag him down the tunnel? Norman Davis. Norman Davis. If you look, oh, I mean, he, he probably wow. didn't. He probably didn't mean anything to you then, because you didn't know who he was. Because of <laughs> well, uh... I knew he was before about six months ago. But, <laughs> but he, but he was bored, um... his boring manner just made me fall in love with him. Well, he was. This was his greatest moment because if you remember, obviously Cantona had been sent off after kicking out at Richard Shaw. There was all hell breaking out on the touchline. Fer- Ferguson was pointing, trying to rearrange, you know, as he did, rearrange with ten men trying to win the match, uh, chasing down. Newcastle, all that, and Norman Davis took it upon himself to. He, he could see anyone that was there that night could almost see what was going to happen because Cantona was walking down that long stretch down to the tunnel in the corner, and he was getting pelters. And we, uh, he, it's easy to say in hindsight, but you could see what was going to happen. And Norman Davis, in fairness to him, 
started tracking Eric down the touchline as if to just think, I'll oh, just make sure he's all right. And before he could get to him, Cantona obviously reacted and, and Norman Davis was there dragging him away and, and put his arm around him and, and took him down the tunnel before Schmeichel arrived later on and got covered in tea, I seem to remember. And then Paul Lintz got involved, if you remember. He got in and threw a few digs because he got charged with GBH as well that night, which people seem to forget. Um, but yeah, it was Norman Davis was the in that classic Umbro coat. Oh, seen, the big uh, old uh, manager coat, yeah. Yeah, the um, promo jackets or whatever they're called. Apparently, yeah, he, this is what he says in this little um, little build-up video, that he still used to put out the number seven shirt even when uh, Eric Kadzar was banned because he liked him so much. And he said, when asked why, because I like the fella, was the quote. <laughs> yeah, well, good, good, old, good, good for old, him. Good old Norman, good old Norman. I, don't think, I think Norman Davis is going have to have, to have his own square in now. Bingo card. I think you might have. We might have to do a show just on the greatness of Norman Davis and just have Joe yeah. read well, that. Do a bingo card show where we just like have sixteen things that we always talk about. Are we not and allowed to mention? We else who watches. Just, <laughs> you know, that's what we should. We do. do a shot every time. I think we'd be hammered yeah. at the end of it. Um, right. Before we talk about Janino, we have two other little tidbits from this week. Um, the first one I'd like to mention, and it, it always comes with a sad tinge because he's no longer with us. Had, uh, he's horribly died in August 2016. But 3rd of October 1992, uh, one of the great goals of the Premier League era, one that often gets forgotten, I think, when they talk about the great goals of the decade. But it's, it's one I watched over and over again today, and it's an absolutely peach of a goal. It's Daly Nackerson's goal of the season against Wimbledon in their 3-2 win at uh, Selhurst Park. Um, if you've never seen this goal, go on the Twitter feed, at AK90s. We tweeted it early in the week. It's just one of those goals that, it's, it's one of those classic cliche things. If so-and-so had scored this, it'd be played over and over again. Uh, he gets the ball kind of just in his own, own half, goes past one, I think it's Laurie Sanchez, then goes past uh, Scott Fitzgerald, skips past um, Elkins twice, and then again, we're talking about lobs a lot tonight, lobs poor old Hans Sagers um, and goes into the back of net and then celebrates in the rain with Dean Saunders on his shoulders and some bloke with an umbrella. Joel, where's this rank for you in uh, in the kits? Uh, kits? I'm gonna, that's because I'm looking at my notes and saying about the Villa kit. Um, goals <laughs> of the 90s. It's... Oh, man, it is really a lovely goal. But I don't agree with you, like, you know, if Messi or whoever had scored this, we'd still be talking about it because in 2018, we are still talking about it. Yeah, it's about very it true. Now. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are, but we, we talk about all kinds of things. doesn't mean the, the nation's talking about it. We we talk about no, Norman but... Davis every week. And, and Claire Goose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless sorry. Norman Claire Davis, I'm sure. Again. I mean... Then you can go Claire... back to the WhatsApp group. <laughs> <laughs> bingo card, Claire Goose. Yeah, Claire bingo Goose. Card. I, for... there, I forgot Claire Goose even existed until a couple of weeks ago. But yes, Joel, this goal, you're right. I mean, it's it's a thing of beauty, isn't it? It's a lovely goal, and I think that um, you know. But that's the thing. We don't. Um, what what am I trying to scramble for? We don't. You know, we haven't forgot that goal. You know, you were saying that. Oh well, if if they if they just scored it, if somebody else had scored it, no, 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 we still remember it. It's a good goal, and it's class, but it's part of our past. I think. Mm. You know, it's like the um, the Rod Wallace goal as well that people. I put. I always remember it because it's of that era. It won goal of the season. I think the following season or two. And it's another kind of similar where he goes around a lot of players and, and then finishes it. Um, and, and that's the one that I always like to tweet out. And you're right, it's because we're from that era. Um, Matthew, what are your memories of this goal and, and of Dalen Atkinson in general? Because obviously, he, he the end of his life is very sad. But at the time, the Villa, you know, up there were United that season, weren't they? Yeah, yeah they were. I, mean, I, I was, I was going to say I was privileged to write a, 
an obituary about Daley and Atkinson when he died. I'm not sure if that's the right term, but when I did, I wrote a piece about him and, and he, he realised what a brilliant player he was. Mm. And uh, I really like watching him play. And I, I think we discussed this back at the time when uh, the anniversary of when he when he died or when he died. What a great Villa team that was. And they, uh, they ran United close that first season of the Premier League and you could and possibly should have won the league if they had God knows where we'd be now I mean because United that would have been 27, 28 years I mean they'd be United would have almost have made it 30 years without winning the league I mean what kind of football club huge football club would nearly make it 30 years without winning the the title but um, there's two things about this goal one I absolutely love the fact that the guy with the umbrella comes on and and I don't know who has he ever been tracked down I don't know know, is, is he still with us And I mean that what a claim to fame that is I always think that it was almost the goal was almost ruined by the fact it was at Sellers Park though. It just seemed a bit it almost needed to be at a if that had been at Villa Park or Anfield or a, a bustling packed stadium, I think it would have been even more spectacular than it than it already is. But it's just that, that sort of half empty Villa Park. It just uh, it ruined it somewhat. But um no I great, great goal and a really, really good player and a in a good villa team and yeah, I got um can't really say any more about Daily Nack because I think he was a, a really, really yes. good player. I think we mentioned him when we did our um, Uncapped England squad, didn't we, Joe? I think I did. I chose him. We did, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he only got one England B cap again, as we always say. This is all your bingo cards in a time when there were so many strikers. But he had a really interesting career as well because he, he played for, uh, before Villa, he was at Real Sociedad, then he went on and played for Fedebarche and Mets. Um, so, yeah, quite eclectic kind of. of I found out the other day, Ash, that. Um... Real Sociedad means Royal Society. No, no, okay. <laughs> I mean, when that means anything to anybody else out there, I don't know, but I, that sort of confused me a bit. But yeah, he was there. He was there for a season in 1990 and 91. But no, yeah, Daly and Atkinson's goal. Check it out on our Twitter feed if you haven't before. And as I mentioned, Villa are wearing one of the best kits of the 90s as well. Bring back the laces. Bloody love the laces. Um, Villa finished second that season, of course. It's, it's got to be a choking hazard. It has, yeah, completely. I, I imagine it's a, it's a health and safety thing, which is annoying. But that kit, the Man United kit that season, the Ipswich kit that season, it's all an umbro thing. Um, all, all love the laces but yeah I imagine the reason we've never seen them is because yeah it's a choking hazard or a pulling hazard or something like that um, right come on let's get on with it now we've got one more little thing before we get on oh, to fucking hell <laughs> right well I'm gonna Joe will have sobered up by the time we get to uh, well I, I have sobered up to be honest I'm sitting watching ITV3 they're showing Laura and Ola at the minute which Bradley Walsh is a thing. Who knows? Although he is in the new Doctor Who. Doctor yeah, Who. Of course, Bradley Walsh yeah. was in Law and Order. That's that's at its peak. Is it? I've um, met two. I've met is two. It Jamie Doctor Bamber. Who's. Is that Jamie I've Bamber two, time? I've met two Doctor Who's. Okay. Which two Doctor Who's have I met? Um, I'm gonna say, um, Christopher Eccleston. No. <laughs> oh, I was going for a random one. I bet you've met Jodie Whittaker, haven't you? No, I haven't, no. Oh, okay. I thought she'd be on that sort of brunt level. What was it? You on Sunday brunch, whether it was before? Yeah, Sunday brunch, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got to run out. Matt's, Matt Smith? Pete, Matt Smith I've met, but he wasn't on Sunday brunch. I just met him in Sunderland because I was working at the BBC at the time. And we, uh, I had to take, actually, I had to take about 50. I was in charge of 50 skilled children. Can you imagine that? Me in charge really of 50 can't. skilled children. <laughs> but there we are. And, um, yeah, so that was one. And then Pete Capaldi, uh, I met. He was on Sunday brunch, 
and he did a really funny thing with Lovejoy. He basically told Lovejoy he was Alan Partridge and he lost his marbles. Who's your favourite Doctor Who, Matthew? I don't think I've got. I've never even. I don't think I've ever watched it. What? Uh, I'm trying yeah. to go off on a tangent here. Come on. <laughs> I mean, from a ch- childhood memories, I suppose it would have to be Peter Davison. Uh, but it's never been anything I've ever. I've never. I, don't, I really don't think I've ever watched an episode of it. I really don't. Really? Yeah. Oh like, God. Like, oh, Chris no. Redfield's good. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, David Tennant no. was very good. David Tennant was good. I even no, no, was no. one of the McGann brothers did a really short stint. As... He did. No, they did the film, didn't they? And yeah. then it, they thought the film was going to get picked was, up. Um, was uh, was... Joe McGann, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Was Was Paul Jenna Coleman? Paul McGann. Paul McGann. Paul McGann. Um, Jenna, Jenna Coleman, I think she's been in it, hasn't she? Yeah. Should we talk about what you said to me about Jenna Coleman? <laughs> no. I agree, though. <laughs> <laughs> she's a friend of a friend of mine. I don't know her. Is she coming on the Christmas too? She's lovely. I don't know her. I don't know her. Uh, you got you got about three months to invite her. Yeah, three well, she's oh, Francesca's friend. She's my friend, Francesca's friend. Mm, uh, okay. She's in that new thing that I, I haven't watched with about a lost kid or something. She haven't watched yeah, in answer to your question, well, isn't that everything I, on ITV? Isn't everything on ITV about a lost kid? That's, so. I think that's actually on BBC Two, but generally it's a lost kid. It's an ITV. Do you like Do you like those new BBC Two items? Because I think they're great. I haven't actually seen them yet. I don't really. You I haven't seen them. Have you seen them, Matthew? No, no, I'm too busy. BBC Two got you because they got rid of the two. You know that pointy two. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. got rid of that, and now it's kind of like just a slice down the middle of the page. It's lovely. It's great. Go watch them. Watch. They're on YouTube. Oh, are they? Okay. I'll send them to you. I'm gonna post I'll, I'll, I'll tweet BBC them. Two. I'll tweet them out, and and Ash can retweet them because they what are. The, um, what What are the eleven sports idents like? Are they, uh, um, yeah. For the, for those well, of us that can't afford it, idents. But what the, what they are doing at the minute is they're working on loads of cool stuff for Le Classico. Which is going to be cool. When is, got some when good, is El Clasico? I'm not going to push the people I work for, but we've got some quality games coming up. When is El Clasico? 28th of October. Oh, oh I knew it as well. Yeah. <laughs> 28th of October, yeah. We're doing a studio job with it. So actually, we're, we're, for once, we're going to have um, you know, people talking about it and stuff. Yeah, and they're doing some cheeky things at Eleven Sports, aren't they? Including showing games at a certain time. We're not oh, going to watch are we going to talk about this again? Okay. Well, we talked about this while we weren't talking. Well, it was your uh, idea. <laughs> we fudged well, it in. Did was it Barcelona and uh, Atletico or something? I, think it, um, yeah, I can't remember who they're playing at the weekend. Uh, but... Atletico Bilbao, it was. We're not allowed no, to call it. It wasn't Bilbao. Real Sociedad, was it? You're not allowed to call them Bilbao because Bilbao is the country where. Uh, Bilbao is the city, whereas Athletic Bilbao are the place but yeah uh yeah uh, i don't it's a weird one this I, I don't really know why it was shown but uh i know, do i think, I think what i think trying that... to do is trying to break some uh, yeah and it caused some trouble basically for those of it for those listeners that don't know anything who don't aren't aware of the uh tv blackout law in the or our preamble in, in the, show. yeah in the uk <laughs> i think it was back in the 60s bob lord the chairman of back Burnley in the 60s, football club yeah, that's what they did it was it was said to, to protect everybody down the leagues, you know. Yeah, to stop yeah. it, to make people go to games rather than watch them. Do yeah. you think it works? Do you think no. it's a right idea? I think it did work. I think it probably did work in the sixties and seventies and possibly eighties. But I think now it's a completely. I, I see it now as some kind of form of prohibition. I mean, I just don't see how you can't tell somebody now. You can watch anything you yeah. want, pretty much. I can watch a keeper game at three o'clock on a Saturday if I want to. I mean, it, it's out there. Yeah, I mean, not wanting to. 
you know, I, I could go into town here in, in Liverpool and you'd, you'd get any three o'clock game if you wanted to. It's, it's unusual now because a lot of the big teams don't play at three o'clock. But if they are on at three o'clock, everyone will be watching it. And to tell people you can't do that or try and say that they shouldn't do that, I think you're, I think you're creating a, a problem straight away there. And I think, if anything, the TV... I mean, in fairness to Sky, I think Sky and all the TV companies, it's not their blackout. It's a football league yeah, blackout. It's nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Sky so would be I think, yeah, they they I think Sky would quite happily say, OK, let's get rid of that blackout and we'll show a three o'clock game or do what do they do think, in do Germany think, and show goal, a goal show. Do, I think what they should do is is stagger all games. And well, I, I, think the alternative, I think the alternative would be is to say, all right, the only way we can get around it then is say all Premier League games kick off at five o'clock on a Saturday or two o'clock. Or, no, you know, there'd be such an outcry if they did that. What, they, they well, they can't. Well, no more, than there was, no more than there was when they said football games are going to kick off on a Monday night. And where did, look how that ended up. It's still, it's still going on. So where are we, boys? Do we think there should be everybody should be able to watch every match ever? I think yeah. yes. Yes, I, I think because they already can. I think like yes. I, I, I talked to my brother-in-law a weekend and about the Millwall game, and he go, "Yeah, I watched it." Like, and even though whatever game it was, whether it was home or away, he's already seen it rather than just the result. And I think I don't know how like far down the lower leagues you can go where you can watch live streams because I know clubs do their own. For what abroad. I think he does. What I think he does is if you've got like. Okay, so if you're, it's gonna say there's a club near me, and I don't know who the clubs are near me, but say there's some like random club that gets 600 people through the game. If you're showing Manchester United at three o'clock, that's gonna knock it down to what 200 people through their game, mm. and I think, and that's the point of it, I think. Yeah, but, but then again, if you staggered every single game, then it wouldn't matter. Yeah, well, let's, let me uh, bring this back slightly closer to home, me here. We all remember Tramway Rovers playing. Well, if I said to you Tramway Rovers in the 80s and 90s, what would you say to me? John Aldridge. Fr- well, Friday, Friday night football. Why did they play their games on a Friday night? Because they didn't want to clash with, with Liverpool yeah. or Everton. You know, I mean, I'm not saying they should have to change it, but they adapted and they made a thing of it and it was... It worked. So, I mean, I don't agree with just making a blanket law that says you can't do this because of this. I mean, well, Sky to have, me, um, trialed this, I, watch, um, I watch quite a lot of sort of, of Spanish stuff and Italian stuff at the minute. And after the main teams, you know, um, Real, Barcelona, Atletico, if you go and watch like Leganes or Real Valladolid, those stadiums, aren't full no. and they're not big stadiums in the first place it's really peculiar yeah but i mean bear in mind they don't i assume they don't have a blackout in spain so it doesn't that doesn't affect them i don't know whether i don't know for a fact whether england or uk is the only country with a blackout yeah is it but it's england scotland I, I know they do so i know they do similar in america they used to years ago if you're uh, say the chicago bears game wasn't sold out in, uh, Illinois wouldn't broadcast the game until it was sold out. So they have tried similar things. But bear in mind, we're talking back in the 70s and 80s where it was quite easy to black out games then because you had no other way of seeing the game other than going to the stadium. Whereas now, that's just not the case. So I think, one, I think the blackout should be disposed of. and Or two, maybe the club should be a little bit more creative and think, well, OK, then... Let's I think, kick no, out. But I think that at the same time, I think the big clubs are always going to get their crowds I think if you um, go further down the league, and that's why the rule is in place, if you go, you know, Barnet, for example, mm. 
who I'm near to. You know, they get what four thousand or something. You yeah, know, but you I'm, know, you're showing but, Manchester United three o'clock people. But Joe, the whole the, the stupid thing about this law, the rule is, and where it falls down is, it only applies on a Saturday. So Boxing Day, if Boxing Day it falls on a well any other day than a Saturday, which happens pretty much what well, every seven every years, seven years, yeah, um, or whatever with a leap year. If Boxing Day is on a Monday, Sky or whoever can show yeah. United at three o'clock or Liverpool at three o'clock, even though all the other games around the country well, are kicking off. Same with the midweek. Same with the midweek on like a, on a Tuesday night with well exactly with the championship. You know, that's what so I was about to say. The, Sky are doing the red so, the red so button thing the, on the moment. I've so what's the difference? What's the difference? I'd be Why really is it interested to, um, to hit to see what sort of ratings. Well, this is why eleven, guys. where I am, are just they're trying. I think where I'm working at the minute, I think that they're trying just to push it and kick it and see what else happens and what can go on from there. I would like to not wanting to wish you know any harm on your employment, Joe. I would love to know what the punishment is for this. I mean, well, what can, I'll, what I'll, can I'm they sure we'll talk do? about it when it happens. I, I mean, if it's a fine of £50,000, I mean, surely someone like Sky would go, all right, we'll I have think that. Nobody, I, mean, what... I think from what I'm being told at the minute, I think that nobody dared to do it and then they decided to do it. But what they did was nobody was, like, it wasn't pushed. It was just something they did. So yeah, I, I also, also I think in this country now the three o'clock game is so, it's so not what it was. I mean, let's say how it's often it's not like sacrosanct like it was. No, I mean how often do let's say uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, City. Was well, the, this happened last weekend. Of weeks ago, yeah, like, it was the first time yeah. they all played yeah. together for the, uh, yeah. in six years. So really, the three o'clock game isn't really an issue in this country now. It's when there's a three o'clock game. Well, bear in mind the blackout is between 3 o'clock and 5.15, isn't it? Mm, yeah. So if there's a game in Europe that's played in that time, well, we le- legally we can't show it. I mean, um, Ronaldo's debut was within the blackout. And that, and that was before I was working on 11. But I know that was a total nightmare for them and they were just deciding what to do. What I disagree with what happened this week is they chose the wrong bloody game. They showed <laughs> Barcelona versus... Um, Athletic Bilbao. Meanwhile, at the same time, they were showing like the Rome derby wasn't shown, so it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? But I think those games you should be allowed to watch whatever you want at this point. And I think within the next sort of four or five years, it will be you get every game. I would love to know. I'd love to know what comes of it, and I'd love to know what is going on behind the scenes because I can't believe Sky haven't looked into this because a couple of times they've been caught out with a Classico game where they've only been able to show the second, the second half. half. Yeah. And now you, no, I no, what, you, what we do is on, on 11 is we, um, there's a test card up and they've got the commentary of the game going on. And then at five fifteen it comes well, on, you know, whatever, but, but I can't believe no offense to 11 sports. I know this podcast sounds like it's sponsored by 11 sports, but um, it will be so. <laughs> Yeah, um, eleven spots. What uh, six pound a month? You mean uh, fifty pounds? Yeah, Joe's working I'm on sh- it. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Sky Sports and all their people and all their legal team must have looked into. Oh, of their, you know what the potential is and the and the repercussions. I can't believe they're just thinking. Oh, we can't well, show got, that. I got told when I went to work on Saturday afternoon is. The line I got who, who are you? Yeah, who are you? What are you do to you? Please get out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like they'll pay for that from the Premier League, and I was like, well, no, they won't pay for that because 
you know, it's so much better for the Premier League to have so many people fighting for the rights and it'll only push the thing up. You know, it's like, and we're going into a wrestling thing now, but, you know, with WWE at the minute, you know, Fox have paid... Absolutely paid. What, 2.5 billion, Absolute is it? Absolutely ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, and and, and uh, USA Network, NBC have paid 2.5 billion for it. So it's... I think what's happened, and this is just my opinion, and if I get fired, I get fired, but my opinion is they've done it just to test the waters to see whether the the punishment is worth more than the sin. You know, sometimes it's better to um, ask for forgiveness rather than ask for permission. Yeah. Well, it's, no, an, it's an interesting... Let's, let's see how what happens. But, yeah, I, I, as I said, I'd like to see... What, what Sky sort of ratings were for the the red button games that they're doing? So I wonder if that's the route they'll go down at some point. Well, I think I, I think I don't think the red button stuff matters. I like for individual games. I think all they want is people there. And to be honest, those red button games, like you're only going to watch them if you're a fan of that team. Yeah. I mean, I mean and the, t- the coverage sit, is terrible I mean, as well. It's one camera. Yeah, it's one camera. Yeah, one one commentary, no replays. On. Yeah, I mean. Which is good, you know, you'll sit and watch it if you want yeah. to watch it, but crikey. But it, it, it's kind of interesting with Eleven what they're doing because, you know, I think they've made a, they've sort of thrown the dice a bit and see what's happened. That's all it needs, that's all it needs. And BT Sport, I've tried to do it, I, I had some early talks to BT Sport when they first launched and then the things that they were telling me that did come off and didn't come off, they all we were trying to push the envelope and I think whatever can whatever they try might come off, might be good. I think, I think 11, I think, I think 11 really don't give a shit and they're yeah. just like, let's have a go. Well, let's just hope. They've got enough money, they don't care. I think um, I'm just creating a new bingo card now with uh, 10 squares on it saying 11 sports <laughs> you, you mentioned 11 sports about 52 times tonight but I think just on one last thing on it I think what would make it great from a spectator's point of view which is obviously all of us is having the like they do with the uh, goal show the Champions League show that kind of thing on a Saturday I think you know if they can show the goal not necessarily a live game but imagine watching as they like go in. Saturday well, and be able to see the goals as they go in I, I think that would be I think that's it's all people would day, though, isn't it well, it would, well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. No, I, I think don't people, think so. I, I think, think people so. still watch Match of the Day that could watch those get, games. My and, dad wouldn't sit and watch that. Yeah. I, I talked to my one of my best friends the other day, and I was sat watching it. And, and what they do from IMG, where Ryan Bay is doing this stuff for 11 Sport, is... Bingo. Like, it's like a 12, 15-hour day, what they do. They have like a three, four-hour build-up. Yeah. Then they show the early game. Then they show a game at three o'clock, and they do... Uh, I think it's called Goal Rush. Right, so everything that goes on, when you see a goal in the Premier League, it comes on, you know, the split screen. It Then they come out, they have a little analysis of everything that goes on after that. Then they show the late, late game. Then they go off and they have another sort of two hours of sort of... Is that the same presenter as well? Stuff. Or do they do it in shifts? Sorry? Is it the same no, presenter? No, 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 they have different presenters, yeah. Right. Okay. Like you have three hours of one, three hours of another, three hours of And then you get into... Um, once the post game, the last game's finished, you have an hour of analysing that game, and then they do another sort of three, four hours of talking to people, like basically a phone in that's on television. But they have kids phoning in from like Tanzania and South Africa and America and Brazil, blah, 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 talking about this. And I think that's an awesome idea, but we are kind of robbed of that in our country now. 
I don't know, Sock Saturday is, is the closest uh, we'll ever get, isn't it? Soccer yeah, it's the closest we get. And mm. I think Soccer Saturday is an awesome watch. Yeah, it's still, isn't it? It would be even much more awesome. I don't know if you've ever seen a programme called Conference. It's a Bundesliga programme where they, it's essentially, well, it's like the BT Goal Show or when Sky well, had the Champions that, you League. Get that on, you get that on Soccer Saturday, uh, Soccer Special through the week. Yeah, well, exactly yeah, that. But, but I mean, you know, imagine, goals as well, imagine, imagine that on a Saturday at three. I mean, you know, I don't think people would stay at home to watch that over I'm watching sure their team. Sky want that though. I'm sure. Yeah, they, of course they do. I, I, I'm just amazed that they haven't. I, they haven't pushed the boundaries. I really well, am. Well, maybe that's maybe that's what. And, and I disagree with it. I had a row about it on Saturday at work. Going, nah, this is wrong. This is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. Blah blah blah. But actually, once it happened, I was like. No, well, well, I don't think I don't think Sky would show a three o'clock live game. I don't think they would. I think they would just go with the, the goal, goal show. Yeah. I, no, I think they've got be, that would be all right, though. Wouldn't yeah, it? I think I, they've I, got I, their. I've got no problem with that. I've got. I think they've got their time slots for their games. I mean, you could argue about the early twelve o'clock one, you know, the Sunday one o'clock. Some of them aren't perfect, but they like their four o'clock. They like their one o'clock on a Sunday. And what I think they could show the goals. Yeah, I think they'd be happy. Clock, I think and they'd be happy with it. What What would you do, Matthew, yeah. Ash, both years? What would you do? Would you sooner go to your place when you can, you know what I mean, and, yeah. and go and have some fun? Or, you know, you're not going to sack off going to your home. No, just to watch a goal every now, every... No, I'd yeah, still go as regularly like, as I go now. one, two, three goals. No, nah, yeah. that's nonsense. But I, I do like... I, I agree with not showing a live game, but... I should be allowed to see the goals. Yeah. And, I, and especially now that we can see them anyway. Don't Sky, can't you see the Premier League goals literally on the app? Oh, isn't it like an hour after they finish, though? They're yeah, quarter past five, yeah. After five, yeah. yeah. So they're, 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 getting as blackout, clo- yeah. Yeah, they're getting as close as they possibly well, you can. can. But people in Ireland can, you know, watch games. And the Irish programming from Sky is that. Yeah, well, that's understandable, isn't it? Because that's basically the blackout. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. It, you know, but I, I just think blackout on either one or the other, to, and and basically the other because I just don't see it. I just don't think it benefits anyone. I really don't. And and if it really affects lower league attendances, which I'd be amazed to know whether it does or not, then maybe consider playing one league on one day and one on the next. But I, I yeah. really, I don't think it's come to that. I really don't. Mm. I it's, it's 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 one we'll keep our eye on for sure because. Um, yeah, I think that's the most un-90s... Ta- Although it's, tar- it's kind of tinged with a 90s tangent that we've got have ever gone off on. Um, it means we haven't got time to talk about um, Vieira losing the plot at Upton Park, but you know the score. You've seen the tweet. He spits up Neil Ruddock. Dikeneo scores a peach of a goal. Mark Vivian Ferry sent off, and he gets uh, banned for six games and a fined £45,000. So credit, to Neil, credit to Neil, Neil Ruddock, by the way, on this reaction there. Yeah. I, I really watched Although, it back the other day, and it's... I do, I do think he kind of purposely barged into him watching it again but yeah he no I don't doubt that at all yeah, but I, it, if you if, if I wouldn't fancy going up and spitting in Neil Ruddock's face having seen him recently man. yeah he's a brave yeah. man to spit in Neil he's Ruddock's face he's a big face. lad though isn't he he's a, he's a big he lad is. now yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we once had him and Vinnie Jones at centre back at QPR that was a, a frightening prospect but yeah that was what, what? yeah Hold on, what? in the same team yeah 
Holy moly. Yeah, in 99, yeah, we had Vinnie Jones on loan and Ruddock, I think, was one of his last clubs. Uh, who, who would you spit in the face of first out of those two? Or who would you not spit in the face of? As a QPR fan, That's I, spit, I, mate, but... I'd like to say Vinnie Jones because we all don't like Vinnie Jones. So, yeah, I would say with my QPR well, head, head on saying Vinnie Jones. Do you think he would have reacted with such uh, restraint? Probably not. As, but as Razor, no, I don't for the know. amount of money he took from the club, then um, he possibly deserves it. Um, anyway, let's talk about um, Joel's favourite subject in the whole wide world. So much. Right, so. Be nice. The cat. Be nice. We're going to talk see, about the cat. Other see you all later. Well, where does he see come? Next week. Where is Where is Janino in your cat? George Michael's. Where Where, where is the reckoning with a Janino? Oh wow! Now you're asking. Uh, <laughs> well, the cat is number one. <laughs> Juninho's probably number two, and then George Michaels is number three. And then George three. Michaels, right. Okay, yeah. Well, Matt, Matthew can take a little bit of a rest, but on the 7th of yeah. October... I'll see you next week. Sleep now, yeah. He's been dying for a sleep all night. Good night. 1995, some little fella, as he would come to be known in the months to come, flew into Middlesbrough, saw 5,000 people greeting him as Borough signed Juninho on a Tuesday afternoon, Joe, wasn't it? Tuesday morning. Morning. When, well, well, Tuesday morning was the unveiling. And tell us about it. Tell us about Juninho and the day he signed for the Borough. Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. What was that? I don't know. It was a, I was half yawning. The Borough. <laughs> the Borough. Ball for the Borough. Too, um, a bit brummy, sorry. It was... It's just the most exciting thing that's ever happened for a Middlesbrough fan, I think. Um, he... I mean, he was just... It's unbelievable that he even bloody signed for us. He should never have signed for Borough in a million years. I mean, and, and what is weird is that the only other club that were after him was Arsenal. And he signed for us because Robson and uh, Keith Lamb went out to Brazil and actually talked to him. And what is that? That is lovely, isn't it? Like the it's, fact all, that he it's all cosy. It's lovely that well, Arsene Wenger couldn't be bothered to go and meet him, so Brian Robson Yes, <laughs> exactly. Arsene Wenger couldn't be bothered to go out and see him. But, you know, Robson and Keith Lamb well, no, that they had to go out and get him. It'd been Bruce Rioch, actually. So I'll tell name. you what, I would... Sorry to... Oh, was it Bruce Rioch? Yeah, 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 95. Yeah, no, I said Arsene Wenger, 95. I would, I, would, I would love to have been on that trip with, uh, with Robson to uh, Brazil. Have you, gone, have you suddenly gone into the shower, Matthew? No, no, I'm just getting a glass of water. Oh, right. Because okay. I, I thought I wasn't going to uh, talk for the next half an hour. And then I suddenly thought of Brian Robson sitting there thinking, you know what, we could go to Brazil for two weeks and try and convince <laughs> this uh, this player to come. And, and thinking the fun that he must have had on that trip. Because, well, to be fair, I mean, at the time, Joel, he was somewhat of an unknown quantity. I know we talked before that people he came to people's attention at the Umbro Cup that season, which we spoke I about. I don't know about that, Ash. I think he was... Honestly, I think he was the most sought-after player in European football. I know he's Brazilian, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's so many clubs out there getting... There was talk of Inter Milan. Obviously, there was talk of Arsenal. But I think they did this thing. And it's it's this will never happen again. There will never be a time when a player from... Brazil just falls in love with a parochial little club like Middlesbrough. That won't happen again. And he was, oh man, I mean, it was just a dream with him. That's not the one. And, and what, what then happened after that is we got Ravnelli, we got Emerson, but they didn't care as much. Yeah. They didn't come back for a start, did they? No. Well, I mean, he came back three times. Yeah. I always remember, like, when uh, we got relegated. 
And I always think I I don't quite understand what went on here. But um there was a bit where Tottenham bid twelve million for him. And I was like, Well, this is just trying to help us out, isn't it? And then Atletico Madrid came in and bid twelve and a half for him and we sold him there. And I was kinda of like, What, Tottenham our friends now, they're doing us a favour. Um would you prefer him to have gone abroad rather than see him at yes, another yes, Premier League yes, club? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I, I why, why? No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't see him come yeah. back uh, against that. Nobody wants that. It's like, but he was the the most wonderful player. Can I ask you a question? I'm not sure if I've ever ever asked you this, Joe. Do you know? Did you ever have any dealings with him in his? In his... Personal I, life? Did you know where he lived? Did he? No, ever I, see well, him I knew where he lived. I, lived. I knew where he lived, but I never went round there. Did he live um, with his parents for a while in Levendow or in in uh, in uh, Ingleby Barwick? Ingleby yes. Barwick, right? But you used to think, like, I mean, these are wacky stories that sort of people think aren't true. But like, he would go outside and play football with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just an outstanding. He's he's absolutely. The heart of the club, even now, I think he's that he is still the heart of the club, and everybody thinks, oh, well, we might go up, we might do well, but we signed Juninho. But uh, and I've never seen anything like it. I mean, his debut against Leeds, which was a month later, was that a work permit thing? I'm, I'm guessing. So. Yeah, but he sent this ball through, and I I was sat in the stand. Like probably about 150 meters away from him. Well, that shiny and, new stadium that you. Uh, yeah, yeah why don't you shut up? Um, <laughs> and he sent this ball through, and I was like, "What's that?" And Fjordov, Jan Fjordov, got on the end of it. And I was like, "Jesus!" I've never like nobody in the ground saw that pass, and there was 35,000 people, or whatever it was, and he was just. But I saw a thing on Sky Sports News the other day that said. Is dribbling overrated? And I'm like, well, go and watch Jorginho, and then you'll know that dribbling no, is overrated. No, not at all. I, either that, or listen to Joe talk about Jorginho after about <laughs> ten pints, and then you'll know that what dribbling really is all about. Why do you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time I've had to properly talk about the lad. You know, yes, so what, all right, well, what is it? hold on, hold on. What you that did was, bingo card was created because of you yeah. salivating over Juninho. Juninho said that winning the League Cup with Middlesbrough was better than winning the World Cup with Brazil. You can't ask for more well, than that, can you? No, it's, no I like that because yeah. listening, to, listening to certain people in the week to, you know, slagging off the League Cup, I think nah, you, even if you don't like it, don't say that. He said it was the best thing he'd ever done. Seriously, he said, and, he, and that's a World Cup winner. That wasn't one of those tricks where a, a foreign player comes in and then someone teaches them a phrase and, and it means something completely I different. So that... I think I think what it is, I think no. Well, we did get that later on, though, Matthew. No, we no, did I get know, those. Yeah. We did get those <laughs> players later on, but Janino was just beautiful. He no, was, I... he was too small for the league. Five foot five. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he wasn't that sort of hard tackling lad. He was just a wonderful dribbling player. I and think eventually I think he... on his third time he got a cup 
And what more, honestly, yeah. what a guy. I think he got it, didn't he? From an outside yeah. point of view, you'd look at him and you'd go, he got it. And I think you can't beat having a player like that that plays for your team that you can go, you know what, he gets it. Because we've all seen players, you know, Vinnie Jones, I'm sure you'd say, Ash, and I could name plenty where you'd go, he's not here because of this yeah, or that. Or, you, know, yeah. you know, and there's certain players and certain managers and what have you that you can go, he got it. And I think, you know, wherever you're from, you can look at Janino and say, yeah, he got it. And, you know. There's a bingo card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened in that game? Yeah. <laughs> it's John going for a walk. Yeah, you've gone a bit quiet, Joe. Sorry, am I? Sorry, yeah. am I back again? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Sorry, I do apologize. I thought you'd walked off into the sunset there. Yeah, <laughs> just now, I was thinking about, I was thinking about uh, yeah. Janine Yor versus Pontius Carmark, which yeah. I really... Why, why are you thinking about that? Let me just quickly... Matthew, I mean, somebody who watched from afar, is he a player that you would want at Man United at the time? Did you look at him and go, he'd work well in your team? Well, I, to be honest, I never really thought that. I, I think listening I to think that... I think the talk was, actually, because... Sorry to jump in, but... I was going to say something really nice. Cantona left, yeah. left, left on um, the Sunday after we'd lost the FA Cup final. So there was yeah. lots of talk that um, Janino was going to go at United from our end at the time. But he'd have been a great fit in that team. Yeah, would, yeah. yeah, he would. I think it's easy to look back and not knock... Giannini. I think there was a snobbishness that people sort of thought, oh, well, why, why is he going there? He obviously hasn't got a lot to offer, all that kind of stuff, which people do when a, when a player doesn't go to a so-called big club. People go, oh, well, he's obviously uh, he's turned us down because he's, he hasn't got... You know, and, but, and listening to that beautiful eulogy there of, uh, of <laughs> he's Joel's... Not dead. He's not dead. Well, for the record, well he's be. not dead. After, after listening to that, you know, I'd be, he may as well be. But um, no, I think it, whether he would have gone to United or Liverpool or Arsenal or whatever... You know, I'm glad he didn't. To be honest, I think yeah, the fact that he that he that he went to a club. I don't know whether you'll see it again. I mean, I I dare say you probably wouldn't. I just think, I suppose you could. I mean, I mean even players going to play like clubs like Manchester City now. I know, obviously, it's a massive difference there. I was going to say to me, they're still a small club. I, I didn't mean it like that, but I mean you could say City in our lifetime have been a third division club and now they're signing the biggest player in the world but that's because of their situation whereas Middlesbrough weren't in that situation they had money but that was that was more about ambition than than anything else so it was refreshing well what happened was is that Brian Robson and Gibson had sold sold Middlesbrough as the new version of Palmer <laughs> believe it or not which is, no, but back in the yeah, not Palmer, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> but they'd told they'd they'd gone around and talked to everybody and said we we are the new version of Palmer. We're this club, and they'd essentially pitched us as this brand new club. Yeah, but that, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, many a club of I was 
speaking to a guy earlier on that's written a book about um, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor at, at Brighton. And we were chatting about how they had, a, they had an ambitious chairman, they had money to spend, and obviously it didn't work out. But then look what happened a few years later with Clough and Taylor. They went to Forest, ambitious, you know, a smallish club. Clough had his uh, a blank canvas and he took them to win the league and two European Cups. So the, I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah, saying, look, this is... I think that's the is... idea we're to be honest. I think, that was, I think that's what Gibson had seen and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just, well, I mean, the only the only modern when you said equivalent modern day, and you talk about Man City, I suppose the only modern day, and it, I'm not saying he's any in any league comparing him to Janino, but a guy like Ruben Neves signing for Wolves is a little bit like having you know this superstar come into, but then again he wasn't as established as Janino, so I don't know if it ever see. No, I mean you can get promising young ever, players. Yeah, go to. I don't think we'd ever clubs. get a player like him ever again, regardless of what was going on. No, I mean I you're think, talking a World Cup. I mean, you think of any of that French team that won the World Cup in the summer going to a... Well, right, he didn't World Cup until 2002. Oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry. I'm not going to get angry about anything that anybody says about what we are because we are quite clear about what we are, you know. But, I mean, he was just... He was just a godsend. <laughs> and we got him. He was wonderful. And he didn't want to go anywhere else. It was just a great match of club and player you don't get that very often whether it's some kid you've bought from bloody and sorry Macclesfield town people but you know if you got somebody yeah. from Macclesfield you wouldn't have that feeling for the club it was just we got this lad they went out there and got him and it was wonderful I mean I've never seen anything like it in my life you know I remember sitting there like watching him going and I think at the same time we, as Middlesbrough fans, have been absolutely spoiled rotten, especially somebody at our age. Maybe it's not if you're a kid now when you're used to Barry Robson or whatever. But it was just, we were spoiled rotten with that lad because he was just such a wonderful player, such a wonderful, his dribbling just absolutely, you're going, come on, son, take him on, take him on, take him on. And that's what he did, you know. And there's, I can't see there being anybody like that in Middlesbrough. Does he, um, does he the, have any... Does he have any ties? I mean, does he ever come back to the old neighbourhood? Does he? Last time he came back, I, I met when him. I was working as DJ there. Actually, uh, I think we played uh, we played PSP Eindhoven in a pre-season friendly, and he came back and played. Uh, there is some sort of link because he owns this club now in, in Sao Paulo. Uh, yeah, in Sa- no, it's not Sao Paulo. It's he not owns. the actual team. It's in Sao Paulo, though, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he owns a club there. And there's a bit of chat going on. I think he's in a nightclub room. No, but uh, no, and it's unfortunate, really. I mean, people always say, like, he should come back and be manager, which he shouldn't be, because that would be an absolute disaster. But, I mean, I think he, you know, we always talk about Cantona from the foreign sort of side of things. But I think Janino represents something where we were going to get young, very good players. And I don't know who else. I don't know where else is going on there. Do you think he could ever be seen in a sort of ambassadorial ambassadorial role? You know, I'd do you love think... him too, and he still is, to be honest. You know, if there was some, some something going on, and we wanted some hyper cool cap from Brazil, then we could probably phone Janino and go, "Can you go and have a word with this lad?" But... Brian Brian Robson would obviously go with him for the trip. <laughs> make a, a month. Make a, a month a of it. Plan, yeah. <laughs> but it was. Uh, but look, I mean, he is 
the most wonderful player we've ever had at Middlesbrough, and and that's it. And I think he's probably in in the top ten most skillful players in um, the Premier League. Really, and certainly the nineties. Yeah, I used to have this wall in my room, so I had a I had a poster wall of all QPR, but then I'd have a separate wall with my favourite Premier League player posters, and in, I don't know who was on that wall. I think Steve Stone, I used to like, um, probably Jurgen Klinsmann. But the poster that was in the middle, double sided, was Janino because I was even as an outsider, I was bewitched by him. I think the fact that he signed for not one of the big teams that he, you could tell that he cared, and I'm, I'm with you, Joel. That's the thing. He was one it's of the, the caring, most skillful players. I'd seen at the time, and yeah, best four point seven five million that Middlesbrough ever spent. That unbelievable as well. And then we got him back twice. Like you know, we got him once back on loan, and then he won. Look, he won the league cup with us, and thought it was better than the World Cup. That's insane. Who the bloody hell thinks that? What and the club he's now with <laughs> is the, what was it? The Carling Cup, I think it was the Car- uh, yeah, Carling. Yeah, Carling Cup is better than the World Cup. And yet this bloody idiot did, and God bless him for it. Utuano FC is the club that he's currently yeah, president of. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, based yeah, in yeah, Sao yeah. Paulo, but yeah. So oh, I love him. We're gonna let... I mean, think, hold on, hold on. I need to think about some things. He so hasn't finished, he he hasn't finished yet. So he sent the ball through that Fjordov scored. In his debut. In the yeah. one all against Leeds yeah. in his debut. He scored the one against Arsenal that sent us through to the cup final that we won. The he- is it a, he- oh. a goal against Chelsea, I remember? Oh, no, are we going to talk about that? The best goal of all time. Yeah. That's the header, uh, isn't it? The... No, no, it wasn't his goal. Was it his goal? It... Oh, no, yeah, yeah. He started off the move in our half, sent it out, went out to uh, Nickelbeck. Nickelbeck put it in from the left wing, diving header. Yeah. Come on, we can talk all day about this. I mean, I'm not bothered. What? And I'm pissed as well. So, you know, it's going <laughs> to. You don't say. Do you, want to talk about... Do you want to talk about me being pissed and then. <laughs> Being and talking about Gino, honestly, you've opened up such a yeah, fucking. I, I was just thinking what a great band Micklebeck were, until I realised <laughs> until I realised you were talking about Mikael Beck. Right. You don't like you don't like Nickelback. Come on, Matthew, you're better than that. He's a rock star after all, right? We're going to leave it there before Joel and let him dream off about Giannino and not even talk. I think about... he's going to go back to the pub, isn't he? I think he should. Um... <laughs> the pub is not. I've got no money. I don't get paid until nine o'clock in the morning. Got it. Well, the amount the amount of times you've mentioned eleven sports tonight, that'll be, be right. right. You're on that'll commission. A... Yeah. What would that be? Eleven sports UK. If you want to go there, it's six pound a month or uh, forty nine ninety nine pound a year. Actually, at the minute they've got a uh, got a competition going on. If you do go on. Uh, do go and buy an annual pass. You're in the hat for getting a trip to El Clasico. All expenses paid. There you go. And it's, while you're at it, where, where can people tweet you as well when you're not oh, talking about eleven cares. sports? You know, <laughs> uh, Joel Bibier. Okay. There you go. I'm what? surprised. I'm surprised you haven't got an eleven sports Twitter handle. <laughs> I have got that as well. It's uh, eleven sports underscore UK. There you go. I'm oh. following you from that, Matthew. Anyway. Uh, oh, sorry. thanks for that. Don't ruin the illusion. I thought somebody, some big wig at uh, eleven sport. Well, looking at your hair recently, you are a big wig. We I thought are. Some, we go. I thought some big knob, but uh, and I won't go there. The big either. knob. Well, well, we're definitely <laughs> not talking about me then. Right, we're getting close to the WhatsApp group now. So let me turn to Matthew <laughs> and say, where can people find you on the Twitter? Can Matthew? we not talk about Junidio? We, I think we're done. I think we're done. If they really want to find me, I'd, I'd love to be in that pub that Joel's been in all day because it sounds it sounds like he's had a great day. But other than that, 
They can find me on Twitter at Matthew J. Christ. There you go. And you can follow the show at AK90s on Twitter and follow us on Instagram at AK90s Pod. Follow myself if you want at Ashraj UK, but the podcast is more important than that. Um, we'll be back again very, very soon. We've got Alan Smith talking to us next week, so look out for that on your Twitter feed. And until next time, keep... hold on, Ash, Ash, hold on. Ash, hang on. We need to talk about because um, you know I met um, Dean Ashton the other day. You did. You said on our WhatsApp group, yeah. I've never known anybody so enormous as Dean Ashton he's in my a big life. Guy. Oh my god, he's, he's like a bit two thousands though, isn't he? As we discussed. Uh, well, <laughs> I can't even say what I said in the uh, yeah. WhatsApp. Yeah, I don't think we should go there for sure. But no, no but actually, Chris Perry, I think we need to get. Yeah, my dad did his lights. That's the connection we need to do. Anyway, we'll, one, of, one of them or some of the above will be on the podcast soon, but we'll definitely be back next week. And until then, keep it 90s.